This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that always separates its whites and colours when it launders its money. I'm Andrew Page and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day Andrew, g'day Fools. Good to be with you as always, mate. Likewise. What are we going to talk about today? Well, there's lots to talk about. Earnings season wrap. Uh, it is uh, August, so all of, well, majority of companies are, are releasing their full year results. Earnings season well and truly underway. We will dig through some of the bigger numbers there. Also, Amazon gets some space in Melbourne as it starts its foray into the Australian marketplace. CBA gets pinged for breaches of the Money Laundering Act. So what is that going to mean? Potentially a very nasty fine. We've got to talk about Netflix as well, Mr. Phillips. That ju- juggernaut there is rolling on, but it is it is building up quite a bevy of debt there as well. So what does that mean? And you're going to get on your high horse. What are you going to rant about today? I'm going to rant about family trust. If you have a family trust, listeners, make sure you listen in because I've got some things to say. I've got a family trust. Wait, <laughs> wait a sec. Okay, Here we we'll, go. We'll come back to I'm going to line that. you up from a long way back. Jeez. Stand by. So, mate, uh, at the, uh, around about this time every year, yes. a good majority of companies say, hey, this is how we've performed over the last 12 months. Correct. And for very good reason, because if your balance date is the 30th of June, it's the financial year, and most companies' financial year, you must release your results to the ASX by the end of August. Otherwise, your shares can't be traded. So, hence why in August we see most ASX six companies tell us what's going on so we thought what we do is we'd run through some of the better known companies we're mm-hmm. obviously not going to um dive very deeply into all of these but just <laughs> to give you a bit of a flavor as to what some of our biggest and best companies are doing Indeed. and it was rio tinto is one of the first uh, companies to kick things off this year the big minor how did they go man Wait, excellently except the market didn't like it 3.9 billion with a b mm. us dollars in profit Shares were down though because analysts expected four point one five billion. Okay, and here's the that, that's one of the very quickly one of the one of the key things about earnings season. It's less about what you delivered and how much you grew by, and all about what other people were expecting. That's so true. Great results can result in share price falls. Yeah, so record results can, can a record dividend profit up one hundred and fifty two percent, three point nine billion dollars. The dividend was a dollar ten up from forty five cents, and yet the market hated it, and there was a buyback. So it just goes to show sometimes you, it's not about what you do, it's about what was expected and how you perform against that expectation. And that was all about the iron ore price, I expect? Indeed, all about the iron ore price. Genworth, yes. though, was a different story. These guys Gen do what? more. Genworth. Right. And the, did I say worth? Or worth? No, no, no. I just, I don't, not many people will have heard of the company. I can hear all. my mother correcting me. From, <laughs> so here we go. Genworth uh, yes. Mortgage Insurance, um, they had a pretty, well, it was a shocker of a result. No, um, it wasn't. The share yeah. price was up. <laughs> well, yeah, but revenues dropped uh, 20 odd percent. Yeah, but the also. shares are up 5%. They, well, they were. Um, the company did announce a buyback. They're going to pay a special dividend. So they've got plenty of cash and they're sort of looking to sort of say to the market, hey, um, look how good we are. We're going <laughs> to pay you all this money back. But look, business is tough and particularly over in WA where the, uh, the housing market, as we all know, hasn't been holding up too well. And uh, look, these guys are struggling as a result of there it. There is nothing better for if, if you're an ASX company, you want to boost your share price, you announce a special dividend, you announce a share buyback, and the shares will almost always go through the roof. Genworth's profit was down 35%. Mm. And yet the shares were up because the company said, hey, here's some more money. Yeah. And everyone went, oh, okay, let's not worry about the profit. We'll take the cash. Yes. Jesus. So, uh, well, moving right along. Indeed. Australian Pharmaceutical Industries, Who? API. These are the guys that own Priceline Pharmacies. Okay. 
Um, they also have a wholesale distribution business as well. Jeez, mm -hmm. they had a, a shocker. Well, look, they they basically they didn't um, they they actually report on a slightly different uh, period, but they, they did come out and say, hey, when we do report, um, <laughs> it's not going Everyone to be duck. as good as we previously said. They were guiding for about ten percent. Uh, uh, profit growth now <laughs> looks like it's going to come in at five percent. That doesn't sound terrible. This to is me. the so let's compare those two just for a second. Genworth profit down thirty five percent, shares up five percent. Yep. API profit's going to be up five percent rather than up ten, so still up. Yeah, shares down, shares down double thirteen percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and look, I, I mean, I, I say makes, with some, yeah. Yeah, I say with some incredulity in my voice, but realistically, it is, it is purely, it feels it's purely, purely, purely about expectations, not about growth versus last year or, or total numbers. It's all about what would have happened or was happening, um, and frankly, how uh, how or. How excited or, or uh, surprised investors were and what they get as a result. Well, and they were pretty surprised with API because they've had a really good run of late business-wise. Opening yeah. up some um, new Priceline Pharmacy, same-store sales been doing well. Really re-engineering the business from some tough times a few years ago. And then. And then this <laughs> has sort of happened. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of it? Mate, I... They, they basically said, look, it's just tough out there in retail land and, you know, yeah. we're getting caught up in all of that. And maybe it is. Um, we just don't know. And that's, that's mm. the hardest part is that it's easy for any company to blame everybody else when things go wrong. And sometimes that's the reality. And sometimes it's just a convenient excuse. And I think that's the hard part is trying to work out work which out is which. Which one it is. Um, maybe a bit more uh, flavor to that yeah. when we see the actual The problem is that same store sales were down. And so they're actually losing, mm. they're losing customers and losing sales. Um, and that's okay. But... You kind of don't want to see that if you if you're investing in the company. Stars are actually up in total because they opened more stores, and mm -hmm. as you say, that is a core part of the thesis, core part of the idea. Yeah. Um. It was a, it is a recommendation of ours at Share Advisor. We've downgraded it to hold this week, mm -hmm. um, because quite frankly, that's a very underwhelming results. So mm. I like the company. I love the Priceline business. They've done a really really great job. Mm -hmm. The question now, I suppose, is is the good news behind us? Have all the have all the good results? All the all the investing returns already been well and truly locked in, or is there more to come? We're not so sure right now, so it's on hold. All right. We'll circle back on that one in the months ahead. BWP Trust, uh, these uh, property trusts, these guys. Sounds exciting. Uh, <laughs> an, an acronym, Property Trust. Yeah, mate. Um, well, I actually, well, I should state it's a recommendation for a multiple dividend investor, the okay. service that I run. These guys own a lot of the Bunnings warehouse properties, and they lease that out to Bunnings. Um, and it's a really, it's, look, it's a boring business, but it's an attractive one. Um, it's very, very uh, steady. You've got a wonderful uh, tenant there. They've got mandated rent increases that sort of kick in um, periodically. Uh, it was a pretty quiet year, though. They didn't open up any more uh, new sites, but they did raise the rent on a bunch of their tenants. That helped revenue rise about 1.5%, lifted their profit up by 4%. So all the shareholders there got an extra 4% kicker for their dividends That's for the year. That's not a bad it ain't terrible, mate. It's it ain't not, terrible. No, it's not going to shoot the lights out, but it's a nice little bit of income. I should mention we've got that on hold as well, so we're not we're not going to overthink this one and try and be too clever with buying in and out of it. But we think there's probably a better opportunity to buy down the track. But for those who hold it, keep keep hanging on tight because you'll get lots of nice dividends. Speaking of boring but beautiful, we're not going to. <laughs> because unfortunately, another recommendation of mine hasn't been a good week. I sent you the media monitoring business. Yeah. I, apparently, it wasn't great. Uh, King Content is really what it's all about. There, this this has been a, a this should be a, a business case study, frankly. So they, 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 I said you have this wonderful media monitoring business, really lovely um, competitive dynamics and economics, a really really nice business. So basically, what they do is if a politician gives a speech or if an ad goes on TV or if something's in the newspaper. Icentia's job, they were known as media monitors, if you might be familiar with that name. Their job was to basically report back to their clients on who said what, 
who advertised what, what was going on in the media um, this week. And if you're a company, if you're a politician, if you're a government agency, you kind of want to know that stuff because it tells you how you're going and how your competitors are going. Yep. And uh, they, they're doing wonderfully well. In an effort to sort of uh, juice up growth, they went out and they bought King Content, which didn't have a lot of those uh, same, uh, I guess, moats that we, we'd look for in, in a company. And in fact, it was, what was it, two years ago that yeah. they bought that? Yeah, and, give or take. And they're already getting out of it now. Well, they're not getting out of it entirely, but they've written the entire value off. They wrote off $37 million right, worth right, of that. Okay, okay. And they're absorbing it into their standard media monitoring business. So, you know, in, a, in effect, they are getting out of it in a, in a large way as a standalone business. It's basically now just going to be part of their media monitoring business in, in general. King Content was all about creating and monitoring social media content, mm. which was all the rage a couple of years ago. Yes. Whether or not they got sold a pup or whether they've managed it badly is probably an open question, mm. but fair to say they've absolutely wasted shareholders' money there. The money's gone down the drain, written off all over, and the shares have fallen as a result. Dear, oh dear. Freelancer is another company that has <laughs> underwhelmed. Uh, these guys. That was the next, the best thing to slice bread, wasn't it? Well, see, cloud like, and uh, freelancing and. Again, when you when these models work, when these online marketplaces work, they <laughs> right. are phenomenal businesses. Right. Particularly if you can generate a bit of a network effect. So, freelancer basically connects people who um, are looking for some uh, online work to yep. be done with developers, programmers, designers, etc. around the world. That sounds very sexy and very dot com. Very sexy, and look, obviously these aren't the only guys who are doing it, but they had they had um, some. Some nice momentum, can I say, in terms of the business there for a while. Shares don't they? Dollar seventy six. They were fifty two week high. Now about fifty four. Well, cents. here's the thing, mate. You mentioned it before. It's all about expectations. When you have a sexy IT based sort of company where the market is expecting a huge. The next fall, Facebook. And they came out and they said revenue for the group remained flat. And you're like, no. whoa, that's not that's not the sexy <laughs> growth story idea. I was after. And uh, yeah, so as a result, their shares was what fifty four odd cents at the moment. The worst thing was like like I sent you, a freelancer decided to expand by buying a business called escrow.com. Yeah. And the payment volume down there there was down twenty four percent. It's been an ugly ride. Oh jeez. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's talk about um, CBA because CBA has from been the sublime in the, from the to sublime the to the ridiculous. Exactly. So CBA's had its share of controversy. Mm -hmm. It's fair to say, I Indeed. think, over the years. The latest one is that they've just been pinged for apparent breaches of money of the Money Laundering Act. Oh man! So it looks as though a whole bunch of um, uh, illegal funds have been deposited through um, their deposit machines. Um, they're meant to report any transaction greater than ten thousand dollars to the authorities. They have not been doing that. Yep. And could potentially face hundreds of millions of dollars in fines. This is very, very ugly, mate. Um, people calling for heads to roll at the top of the chain at CBA. Yeah. Basically, what was happening was there were alleged, we should say allegedly, at all of these things because it will be before the courts, mm -hmm. but allegedly money being deposited in their automatic deposit machine. So mm -hmm. think about an ATM for deposits yep. in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Yep. They allegedly were proceeds of drug crimes. They were put into the bank and then transferred offshore. Mm -hmm. Now, the bank accounts that money apparently was put into are allegedly. Uh, fake accounts mm -hmm. using fake names. The money then sent over to Hong Kong and elsewhere. That's a nice way to launder some drug money if you can get away with that. Now, Commonwealth Bank was supposed to say to Oztrack, the, the uh, anti-money laundering mob in Canberra, hey guys, some strange transactions going on here. You guys really should take a look at this. Yeah. But Comsec just, uh, Comsec, Commonwealth Bank simply fell down on the job. They didn't do that. And the only way it came to light, thankfully, was that the uh, the, the feds were basically already onto these guys as as drug dealers. And so they caught them, and the financial irregularities came up specifically because they were caught committing crimes rather than what should have happened, which is the systems at the bank should have said, hey, guys, there's something going on. 
have a quick look at these guys and see what's going on. Yeah, a serious alleged uh, failure. Twenty-two of plus there. million bucks, they reckon. Yeah, look, if they got the full um, fine because um, it's done on a, a per case basis, that right. that could be um, you know well up in terms of their total annual net profit. They probably won't get something almost of, certainly of, of that magnitude, but it's going to hurt if if that case is is upheld. I so, can't imagine the courts are going to look lightly on our largest mortgage bank. I think our largest bank. I want to say by market cap I think as it well. Is, yep. um, simply not having rules in place to do something they knew full well was their responsibility. Uh, I imagine the regulator and the courts will look very, very dimly at this one. Mm, dear, oh dear. Not so, pretty. Not pretty at all. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Well, we've, we've, we haven't had a lot of companies to sort of get excited about, but there's <laughs> one company and sadly it's not on the ASX that has just been doing great guns and no, it's not Amazon, although we will be talking about that later. <laughs> I want to talk about Netflix. Netflix Netflix is just an absolute powerhouse. There's a very good chance that uh, you, as a listener, are a subscriber. I know I, I am. Are you a subscriber? I right? am. They had a million Australian households within a couple of months of their formal launch here in Australia. That is the greatest adoption of new, it's not quite exactly new tech, but I can't think of a company that's been able to grow from zero to a million households. So incredibly, incredibly, incredibly quickly. Netflix. Mate, the subscriber base has apparently quadrupled in recent years. There's a, over 100 million subscribers annually. Yep. All of them Worldwide. paying their yeah, that's right. Sorry, all of them paying uh, their 15 bucks or whatever it is a month, depending on what plan you're Not on. Bad business, it's, isn't it? it is phenomenal. So the sales have doubled in the last three years. The share price has gone from eight bucks odd five years ago to 180 dollars oh, today. Like it's that, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but here's the thing, in, in, in all of that growth, we have seen them build up a huge pile of debt, 20 billion odd dollars worth. Man. And like Amazon and like a lot of other companies out there, their focus just doesn't seem to be on profit at the mm. moment. It's growth, 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 get bigger, get bigger, get bigger, get market dominance, and then the money will come eventually. Um, a, a lot of the money that they're spending is on original content. They're hoping to have up to 50% original content uh, mm. eventually. Mm. Um, and you know, if you want the really good, high production stuff, it costs money. So we're talking about money laundering. The Ozarks is the new Jason Bateman film all on money laundering. They produced that nice example of that there. <laughs> there you go. Um, what do you think of Netflix? Is this something to be worried about, that that massive mountain of debt? I think it's worth being cautious about. I think you mentioned the likes of, of Amazon and someone else you mentioned, uh, Tesla. These guys are doing what they're doing largely through self-funding. Mm -hmm. There's not great amounts of debt being taken on. Tesla's issuing a whole lot more shares to fund its growth. Okay. Amazon's growing largely from its own cash flows. Netflix is taking the alternative route, which is to take on more debt, 20 and a half billion US dollars worth. So call that mm -hmm. 25 Australian among friends, maybe 28 yep. Australian among yep. friends. Um, that's risky. And so these guys are all playing high stakes games. Yep. But if Amazon struggles to get growth, it can always kind of shrink back and put my price up a little bit. And, it, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Tesla, frankly, has got problems if it runs out of funding options um, and it can't put out the hundreds of thousands of cars it's contracted to supply, there is some potential risk there, but they can't be necessarily taken to the cleaners the same way as a bank can take someone with a lot of debt. So Netflix very much saying, guys, trust us, we'll be okay for it, we'll pay you back. Mm -hmm. And frankly, so far, they're doing a good job of growing. And if you can grow and continue growing, mm -hmm. you may just do okay. The The cost of their contracts, the cost of their debt um, on either original content or frankly, the, the money they have to pay to the studios to get their content. So mm -hmm. you think about some of the stuff produced by Fox or by Disney or by Warner Brothers mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. um, Universal that you see on Netflix, they're gonna pay large amounts of money upfront to access that content for a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the real question. These, these guys are still betting, if not the house, they're betting large amounts of money to try and be the dominant 
provider mm. over time of online content. Yep. And so there is there is a decent amount of risk coming. And I, and I think it's a, it's a fair story that we haven't yet seen the end of. I, mm. I don't, I, look, Netflix is a massive untapped international market. Yeah. They've got China and India in particular. There's 2 billion people there. You don't need too many more. You said 100 million customers. Mm. If you've got a new market of 2 billion potential customers, is it that hard to get maybe another 50 or 100 million from there? You know, I'd also you argue, double sales really quickly. Well, I'd also argue some a fair degree of latent pricing power as well. I mean, once you've sort of built out that network, when you've when everyone's on there because you've got the best content, and in fact, it's case in point, we got uh, we got an email the other day from Netflix saying, "Hey, we're going to put the the your contract value. I'm going to pay an extra dollar." What? And you kind of think, "What? Well, that's outrageous!" No, well, we'll pay it. And in percentage <laughs> terms, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So, yep. you know, I I don't think they want to they they want to focus too much on the money right now. You want to make sure you get that captive audience, right. get 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 people to see you as the preferred choice of 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 of, um, mm-hmm. uh, of content and then and then you can start to sort of prosecute some price increases and yeah look unfortunately for netflix we should say most of that price increase was thanks to having to pay the gst right so they don't get any of that money but to your point the fact you didn't go anywhere else says yes. they've got some more some oh, more pricing oh, power. definitely yep. the biggest risk they've probably got ironically in the streaming space is from the big a itself from amazon and the like yeah Hula. amazon is providing a whole well amazon amazon's interesting because in the US, they had this thing called Prime, Amazon Prime, right? And it's a basically a membership club. You join Amazon, you get two-day free or two-day free shipping under their Amazon Prime program, mm. and you also get access to all of their video streaming content for free. Mm. So you think about there's an old saying: you know, in business, you got to be careful when your product becomes someone else's feature. Yeah. So think about the camera on the back of an iPhone. Yeah. If you're selling digital cameras, your product, digital cameras, became a feature of a phone. It's like as Navman has now become a feature. Like you got it exactly, yeah. exactly. Or Garmin or TomTom. Tom. Yep. So exactly that that's 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 the issue. So if all of a sudden, video streaming becomes a feature mm. of the Amazon Prime program in a bigger way, it already is. Yep. How long do you need to have Prime plus Netflix? And as you say, Andrew, plus Hulu, plus Foxtel, plus everything else, mm. that remains the key challenge. And so thinking about that from a, you know, from a, a top-down perspective, I personally think Netflix has a wide-open market, except for the potential of Amazon coming and saying, yeah, don't pay more for video. Get Prime anyway, because you want two-day free shipping. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we'll throw in all of this video streaming content for free. Which is why I think Netflix is smart to spend so much money as it does on original content. You know, you want to, you want people to sort of say, yes, it's much easier to sort of get it all in the one place. But if I want to watch the next Breaking Bad or whatever the new hit series is, House of Cards, et cetera, yeah, totally. it's on there. That's the only choice I've got. You know what? Screw it. It's only 10 or 15 bucks a month anyway. Um, so the, I think they're right to do it. Otherwise, they, they, they've got no, nothing unique about yeah. their proposition. Now, weirdly enough, as cool as that is, and as cool as it is for consumers, hey, it's only eight, 10, 12 bucks a month. I can, I can do that. Mm. What it's actually doing is kind of, at the moment we've got one subscription television provider, Foxtel, yeah. and we've got a whole lot of free-to-air stuff, right? So we pay once for all the content you can get in Australia. Yeah. All of a sudden you're going to have Netflix plus Stan, mm. plus Amazon Hot Prime, mm. plus Hulu, plus the individual sports doing their own thing. It's entirely possible you'll end up spending more per month. Yes. Because if you want Breaking Bad, you have Netflix. Yeah. But if I want Better Call Saul, I need Stan. Yeah. And if I want Game of Thrones, I need Foxtel. Yeah. And if I want to watch Australian Ninja Warrior, I've got to have Channel 9. Mm. And so all of a sudden, while individually those are cheap, as a consumer, if you want to have everything, yeah. you've got to pay for the lot. Or you've got to say to yourself, I'll give up House of Cards because I want to watch yeah. Better Call Saul. I'll give up Better Call Saul because mm. I want to watch Foxtel. Those things become choices. Yeah. So ironically, as well, as long, while every individual one is cheap, yeah. you start to have to have multiple ones of those unless you want to miss out on content, which is something you haven't had that 
frankly, that, that challenge of in Australia before. Which, and again, just full circle, why you want to have the best content is when, when hard choices are going to be made, you're not the one that gets kicked off. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Speaking of hard choices. Speaking of hard choices. How's that for a segue? <laughs> I'm still smarting over last week, mate. Is, uh, well, we, 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 I just, I'm, what are you segueing into here is what I'm thinking. Is this, is this Amazon? Is it, we'll let it this out later. Uh, yes, that, yes, it's Amazon. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> it was next in the list, dude. Thread the needle for me. Thread the needle. Tell the entire story. I'll, I'll show the garment for you and give it back you. to you when we're done. <laughs> Amazon is coming to Australia. Surprise! No, no one's really there's surprised. There's something we haven't talked <laughs> about before. Yeah. But what is new news is they've contracted a warehouse in Dandenong South in Melbourne. Okay. A very, very, very big warehouse, and they've started to recruit. They're hiring people for Amazon well. is coming. Yes. So they haven't actually said, it's not as far as I'm aware anyway, they've, they themselves have not said when it will actually start. There's plenty Correct. of speculation out there. I've heard some people say before Christmas this year. I've heard others say in 2018. I think even a few people saying, nah, it'll take a bit longer than that. Uh, I would bet. Yes. I would bet. If I was a betting man, they will start selling products in Australia by Christmas. Right. That's soon. But not, obviously not man. the full product suite. That'll take a no, while to correct. sort of ramp up and the, and the rest of it. What we haven't, what we haven't yet seen uh, is how much, how they go about selling products to Australians. We're not going to have the full range of mm. Amazon, every Amazon product here in Australia. Yeah. I would, I would imagine they'll probably do something like setting up an Australian range mm-hmm. and the ability to then get everything else from the Amazon US network. Yes. So if, yep. I, if I was a betting man, I'd say they'll have a, a group of products that are available in a couple of days here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And whole, if, you, if you want to buy a really obscure thing they're selling in the US, you, they'll probably simply buy it by, by the Australian side in Australian dollars mm-hmm. and you'll get it in a couple of weeks as you currently do ordering from Amazon.com right now. Right. I could be wrong. Okay. That, that's what I would do if I was them. So. There's obviously a lot, a lot of extra stuff to do. There's got to be DC centers, I would imagine, all up the East Coast if you really want yeah. to be able to you know, deliver very promptly, which is, is what they always look to do. Yep. So you know, this is a, a, a first step of sorts, but we still will, a long way to go. We'll hear very quickly about an, a Sydney warehouse, a Brisbane warehouse, and I would speculate somewhere over in South or Western Australia. And I imagine we'll hear about those in the next three or four weeks. We'll keep you posted. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. I do need to leave uh, a little bit of time to hear you talk all kinds of nonsense and (coughs) hearsay about family trusts, which I think are a wonderful vehicle to protect your assets. I think it's a wonderful vehicle to help split income and make it a more Tax equitable dodge. distribution amongst family members. But I'm, I'm suspecting you've got a different perspective. Tax dodge. Here Roar. we go. Line up. What, what, do you, what have you got to say about it? <clears throat> Let me get my... Pushing off the sideboard. <laughs> Sorry, i got to do the obligatory Walking sound Walking all the way back, shining the cherry. Back to the sideboard. Pushing off and coming in Courtney Walsh style into the, into the wicket. Firstly, let me say nicely. Family trusts are a perfectly legal and perfectly appropriate tool for anyone who chooses to use to use. It is legal. It is appropriate. It has been enshrined in law. And if the government wants us to not use family trusts and they think it's a bad thing, they should take it away. I'm not complaining about anyone using family trusts if they so desire. All of that said, <laughs> but the entire thing is a complete and total rort. There is absolutely no reason for a family trust other than for rich people to split their income across multiple non-working spouses, kids, partners, grandparents, whatever, to try and minimize their tax. Yes, it's legal. Yes, it's absolutely appropriate for anyone to use it. But for the government to allow it is a complete and total gerrymander of the system. And it should be abolished straight away. I 
this straight is, away. I, I look. I, I think. I think you do make a, a, a fair point. Thank um, you. Uh, One done. We'll finish yeah. that. <laughs> I think the, the, the justify for me why we need family trust, Andrew. Well, I tell well, one, I would I would humbly say that I wouldn't class myself as a rich person, although there are definite benefits in doing it as a family unit. My wife has we've got young kids. Um, she's taken it upon herself to stay home and raise those kids. It's a very valuable um, thing that she no does there. for the family. Um, but Plus it means, she's a very patient woman putting up with you, mate. Well, that's worth she's something. She's a saint. Um, <laughs> but but it means that as it's fallen on me to sort of provide for the whole house. Now, I get taxed as an individual, even though that income that I'm providing is for a broader family base. So could, shouldn't it be taxed according to the, the the full beneficiaries of my income as opposed to just me as an individual? It's funny. I've never heard you campaigning for household taxable income in, <laughs> until this point. <laughs> when all of a sudden Bill Shorten's saying, maybe we'll take family trusts away. Never, all of a sudden you care about family tax and the fairness ag- of household taxation. Never bet against self-interest. <laughs> Unless you know it's trying as yeah. Jack Lang top or getting. <laughs> exactly. I, look, mate, I, you know what? I've actually got some sympathy for that. I, I think there is... There's an argument as to why a family should or shouldn't get a, a, a two two adult family should or shouldn't get a tax break that a single parent family can't have. So mm. there's an argument to be had and a conversation around that somewhere. But if that's the aim, that should be simply made available in the tax system for everybody. Mm. You shouldn't have to have an expensive accountant pay a fortune every year for P and Ls and balance sheets and income taxes and it is a pain audits and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know. The structures are used predominantly by people simply to income split for the sake of it. Again, it's legal. I should absolutely do it. I have no problem with you doing it whatsoever. But as soon as I'm treasurer, I'm taking it away. You're out. <laughs> I'm on, not voting for you. You are out on this, mate. I, if I was uh, one day, one day, we'll 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 put aside a podcast when you're on here and I've got the place to myself. I'm going to rant on my treasurer for a day. I'm going to throw all of the all of the rant of the rorts and gerrymanders and absolute excuse the language bullshit that goes on in the Australian taxation system. That if we took it away. Would make it simpler, fairer, and quite frankly, put a whole lot of accountants out of work. The the tax industry, and it is an industry, is a complete disgrace and should be overhauled. I have no affiliation with Scott's uh, <sighs> opinions here, and just you should. I'm on the right side of history, just quietly, dude. When <laughs> I, this changes, I will say I said it first. Mark this day. I hear. Mark what you're this saying. day. I hear what you're saying, but listen, we we better wrap it up. But another uh, thing. But no, another no, no. We, we, we better <laughs> draw a line in the sand right there. Um, don't forget, you can subscribe to Triple M's Motley Fool Money podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And I don't rant every single week, so it is worth doing that. Oh, also, yeah. you can get to us on fool.com.au forward slash triple M. That's fool, F-O-O-L.com.au forward slash triple M. Nice one. Until next week, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.